Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Scott McKenna Podcast. Really excited about this episode, and I think it's going to be one that hopefully you enjoy listening to. This is actually a little bit of a different podcast than normal. This one's a little longer than normal, but very conversational. About two years ago, I came across a podcast called Our Week in Video that had these two guys from the UK just really talking about their week, what they were filming, what they were working on, some of the frustrations, some of the good things, the bad things. They were primarily wedding filmmakers, and they just had conversation, both of them ran different companies and they still run different companies. They're about 60 miles apart from each other and they just would have conversations about things that were actually happening in the wedding industry and in just the actual video industry in general. And that's kind of what I wanted this podcast to be about as well. So we cover a lot of topics in this podcast. But a lot of what we cover is really just kind of conversational. We go from point to point, just kind of just talking. And I purposely left it that way. I didn't edit this podcast nearly like I do. And I really think that it's kind of a cool concept of maybe I could have some more filmmakers on a regular basis that just really talk and share experience and different things. So I'm going to stop wasting your time in the intro, but I would love to hear your feedback as always at Scott W. McKenna. This is just a fun episode. Please tell me what you think. So let's join this conversation I got to have with Rich and Ben from Our Weekend Video Podcast. It's a fun one. Thanks for being here. Well, Ben and Rich, I appreciate you taking some time to be on the podcast today. Lots of stuff to talk about. But first off, let's just say, how you doing today? How's your day going? I heard it's quite snowy where you're at. <laughs> yeah, it's getting, it's getting that way. I think, um, uh, Rich, I think you're going to get more than me because Rich is in Wales and I am, I am not. I'm just over the border in England. But I think, Rich, you're, you're going you're gonna to get Apparently, a lot yeah, worse. Storm Emma, as it's been is that uh, what it's called? called yeah, the, the, oh, the, por- the, Portu- us, the Portuguese so. Weather Authority have named it uh, Storm Emma, um, and it's 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 a coming. So yeah, it's going to hit Wales, I think, with with an, a staggering, and probably everyone in the states would just laugh at this, a staggering <laughs> ten <laughs> to fifteen centimeters of snow, which is yeah, yeah. We were talking briefly off air just how uh, how different parts of the world and country overreact yeah, with a very out. little amount of we snow. We freak out. <laughs> yeah. I think Rich went to the supermarket and there was no bread left or milk. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, seriously. That only happens around here if it's like one of those storms that is being built up as possibly like one that's going to shut the city down, which yeah. is it's just pretty rare, enough, but yeah. it is pretty funny. Now, is this the wedding season for you guys or is this the off season as well for you? Sort of ramping up, isn't it, Rich, I'd say? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm still finishing off from, from last year's edits at the moment. So yeah, as I, <laughs> I was just about, I was just about to touch on that. Yes. The big question, have <laughs> you guys finished your 2017 weddings sure, yet no. before the new year even starts? <laughs> it's always been my kind of new year's resolution and always been, you know, a resolution throughout the year as well is to stay up to date, no matter where I am in the year, stay up to date, but it never, ever happens. And I don't think I've in the 12 years or 10 years, whatever I've been doing this full time. I don't think I've ever been zero on, on my edits. You know, I've always had at least three in, on my, on my hard drive that I haven't edited yet. So I'm not going to tell. Do you feel, is that, do you think that that's like a lack of, I mean, is it, is it procrastination? And I'm not calling you out. Is it procrastination? <laughs> is it more, oh, of yeah, a, yeah, is totally. it more of that you lack sometimes getting into like just getting them started or, or what is no, it? No, it's because I watch too much YouTube. I think we all get there. Because I, I watch too much crash, inve- crash investigations on YouTube. And I, do you still like, watch I, that? Yeah, I love it. You know, oh. actually, actually I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who recently in the last couple of days as well. Sorry. Yeah. Doctor Who clips. Yeah, <laughs> you're, like, you're so, so yeah. thoroughly no, no. unemployed. So I am guilty. Uh, yeah, of, of of being. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just can't not concentrate. I'm. I'm t- shocking. Shocking for it. I always have been. Even when I was working in my full time job back years ago, 
I could never ever keep my mind on work. Yeah, Rich is, a bit, Rich is a bit like a spaniel. You know, he'll literally just run everywhere and like just hopefully that he'll get he'll he'll find the right ball. That is to, probably to quite true, with. to be honest. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Yeah. And same same when I go to actual <laughs> wedding as well. You know, I just wander around and. Hopefully, film some of the interesting rather than having to go with a plan. <laughs> Whilst ranting at all the women but, in there as well. That's yeah, so funny. And how, and how about you, Ben? How's your. Uh, well, my last wedding was a log? week and a half ago, and I've just finished it yesterday. So. Um, Look at that. Yeah. Wow. He's on, well, you're on it. It's BBC News training that stuff because I, I did that for a while. And so you, you're. Quick turnarounds. Yeah, you just, film and you edit. Yeah. I, I just get it done. I mean, um, but I'm not, I'm not of the same. I don't think I'm the same quality as Rich. Uh, there's a reason which takes longer to do stuff, to be fair. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I turn things around a lot quicker. But then saying that I've had it before where I've had um, 10, maybe 12, I think it's been my most ever as a backlog. But uh, it's unusual if I get four or five. But actually, in the prime of the season, I always take a month or six weeks, well, off filming weddings. So I okay. just edit. And I can do an edit in a, I can do a whole thing within sort of four days if, I, if I'm really focused. I'm really focused. I can yeah, do it that's, that's kind of how I am too. I, I kind of get to, and it actually frustrates me when I know that ultimately I can, I can finish a full eight to 14 minute film in four to five days, top to bottom. Yeah. And yet sometimes it takes me, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks to actually finish it because you kind of are trying to find that balance. When do you actually do yeah. it? <laughs> but Scott, actually it's interesting. Cause you said eight to 14 minutes. It's actually unusual that we get them that short. Um, actually, the last one. Oh, before, so it is much different. Yeah, there. because normally okay. it's what twenty, twenty-five minutes. Rich, would you say that's normally um, that? Yeah, mine's probably average, but. Uh, and that's 20. not like a doc film. That's like what the people actually get. That's their main film. Well, I tell you what, funny enough, actually, I was having this conversation with a couple of, of guys the other day, and, and Ben will know what I've, I said as well. I, I sent a um, an edit out to someone, as in my completed oh, feature. Oh, this, yeah. Um, which is r- roughly, I think it's 23 minutes, this feature. So I sent it out to, out to this this girl, the, you know, the URL, the link, which is in, embedded on my website via MediaZilla, and I sent that to her. And then she, I said, and I didn't hear anything from her, as I occasionally do. You know, I send out the stuff to them and never hear from them ever again. So I don't know if they liked it or not. Isn't that hilarious? It is. Yeah, I, I, fine, I'm it? guessing you must get it as well, Scott, because you're uh, you're saying it's. It just it cracks me up yeah. when it happens. I just I can't understand it. But yeah, yeah. continue. Yeah, they do. They pester and pester and pester. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You send it out to them, and then radio silence. Then forever, and you think, do they really hate it? Um, but this girl, because she, I really wanted to know what she thought of it, because it was it was a slightly fast paced, different type of edit to what I'm used to, and and I'll go into the reasons. For for that later on if you like why i did it that way but um uh i sent that out to her and um didn't hear much about anything back from her so i emailed her literally i think maybe sunday i think of this week just gone and said how did you like the feature and she said oh yeah it was it was really really good we loved it we can't wait to see the rest of the of the footage now Oh jeez! And I'm like, uh, <laughs> like what, I, I, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> so I, I haven't. Re- I didn't reply to her. So I just sent her the USB in the post and said, "Here we go, have that." And oh, oh, man. Exactly. And, and we're gonna definitely, and we're gonna definitely get more into that because in in this podcast, because there's so many different uh, those types of situations that happen in this business, which I think is why so many people don't like the business. But first of all, for the listeners who are have already been listening and are like, who are these guys with these amazing accents and who are they that we're talking? I, mo- I assume that most of the people listening to this podcast know, but Rich and Ben have an awesome podcast called Our Week in Video. It kind of started out as really like the week in review mm-hmm. as I listened to it from the beginning. And then I know obviously times have gotten busy. So I have to <laughs> yeah. first be the one to ask since other people probably would want the opportunity 
Where have you been? Come on, we missed we missed the. Po- it easily became one of my favorite podcasts because it was just fun to listen hey, to you guys talk. There's so many people, but I know it's thing. not easy. Yeah, so many people said the same thing. Basically, we get really busy um, in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we all do. Yeah, but business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes we, as Rich, sort of kind of said at the beginning, you're busy being busy. You know, to an extent. Yeah. Right. But um, uh, and, we have, main, and you had a family. Obviously, that's the one I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, th- there's been a family that I've had um, in in this time from from the three years, and um, so that also n- knocks on. But you know, it's one of those things that we actually got um, six podcasts really to go out. Um, mm-hmm. It's just we I need to do a documentary style edit um, to uh, this one thing. We're doing a we're doing a thing actually. Yeah, we we we've done a um, a thing on um, leading ladies of, of the industry because we did over a hundred podcasts. We realised we've only had like maybe three, four women on at, in the whole time, and it was like, oh god, I feel terrible. I didn't sort of realise, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, you're not intensely yeah, doing it. It's just so, very it's exactly. A lot of males it was, it was doing just, the two. You know, this industry is a bit of a sausage fest in, in, the, in the best of times. <laughs> like, what it is to an extent, you know. And so I thought this is not right. So we we contacted um, who we think are the best, certainly in the UK, um, women um, videographers. Uh, not just weddings, but lots of other things. We even got a performing art a performing arts uh, videographer in in these interviews. And um, so we've been gathering all this up. So I think going forward, what we're going to do is that we're going to do the sort of semi-week in review that's what we're going to keep doing so uh-huh. nice that's more spontaneous because we don't edit much as we discussed off mic a minute ago we don't edit that uh-huh. much um and um it's in order to keep things snappy and we can get things out the door and then we're going to do this documentary style thing um once every quarter maybe to for some okay. for some meat and bones of a of a topic effectively so there's just been okay. lots of irons in the fire and events we're doing lots of events and courses and Right. You're always trying to find the balance. Yeah. And you guys, I think you guys do a great job on the podcast, which is why it's obviously grown like it has. And it's all just, I think it's cool to hear because I think a lot of podcasts, you know, my podcast is a lot more conversational about specific topics where I loved yours because similar to what I do kind of in my vlogs per se on YouTube, it's very much just kind of what was this week like? What was, what were the, tr- I used to always love the most listening to like, what were the issues that they ran into this weekend? <laughs> because all we you. all run into them. <laughs> and I think it's just, and I think it's just great to, to bring kind of the reality that like this wedding business is not an easy it's thing. Hard, we man. talked about this briefly and I talked about it with every wedding cinematographer. I don't care what price point you're in. I don't care where you live. I don't care what the situation is. Not every wedding, and more often than not, the weddings just have their own, wow, I didn't see that coming. And how do I, in my position, how do I make it somehow work? Because unlike a commercial shoot, like, I don't know about you, but when I do commercial shoots now, it feels so easy because I get to plan things. I get to light things. I get to redo things. I get to figure out where we're going to shoot it. At a wedding, when it doesn't go as planned, oh well mm. like you, you you've got to fix it and that's why i think people just try to stay away from sometimes from this business but i think it's one of the best ways to like really test how good you are at quickly coming up with trouble weddings are all about troubleshooting to me it's like how can you fix what didn't go as planned yeah or, or they're all about i mean like rich is uh the best person i know to to sort of go into this but it's how to make a a, a film uh, what well, a situation which is very average look incredible um right. but rich has done some amazing work um uh, to make things look incredible at the most you know, bland locations to be honest mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion but this is down to 
down to Rich to say yes or no. Yes, I have. Ben, I <laughs> well, I suppose so. I, I know, as you know, Ben, I'm not one for blowing my own trumpet. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And, and yeah, I guess that's an example of what I was talking about. You know, five minutes ago when I said about this uh, this wedding that wasn't uh, going as well as I thought it was, and the, how I tarted it up was just to make it a bit faster and uh, a bit more catchy and a bit uh, different type of sort of style of it because the wedding itself was fairly bland, I guess. And, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, there's you know literally hardly anyone dancing on the dance floor at the night. Um, you know, the bride didn't want to do anything really with regards to photographs and things like that. Yeah, so it's just hmm. how am I gonna how am I gonna get out of this am i gonna do something that you know because obviously she's Jazz seen up, yeah. she's seen all the other videos that i've done and she's seen the you know, right. amazing locations and she's seen or and he's seen the the fantastic uh um you know sweeping shots of landscapes or drone shots or whatever else i've used and then when you turn up for somewhere that's not like that or the the right the, the, yeah, what the sun's never come out that day yeah whatever, and, and yeah. it didn't on this particular yeah. occasion yeah. you know it was a gray August day in South Wales, you know. Yeah, you can't so, shoot uh, S log then, can you? Yeah. Exactly. Well I did anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, but... it's just yeah, it's reality. And yeah. I think that that's what that's what makes it tough is you know, people come and they see on your website your your favorite films or your last five mm. that you just chose to put on there and that's what they have in mind, but they didn't realize that like that person really decided the venue based on they knew they wanted to get it spectacular and they decided the best this and the best that. And then they kind of think, yeah, that's exactly what I want right there, but I'm getting married at the best Western down the road. (laughs) Like, you know, they don't realize that it, it, it's not just simply, you know, just that easy. And the reality is we still have to choose it. And I mean, I don't know about you, but do you guys play, does that play a factor to you when you're talking with the bride and groom? Do you turn weddings down based on locations yeah. or have you kind of are you because obviously we all know the locations we want to film and we don't want to film but what happens when it's the off season and and a wedding comes up and you're like man i could use the money mm. but this is gonna be hard yeah i mean for me i do turn weddings down if i don't like the, if I, it's funny because i tend to at the moment i'm keeping things very close to home because of family reasons and stuff like this but um there's a few venues around where i live where i i don't want to be going there five six times seven times a year you know i just mm-hmm. i'll go there once a year to top up you know but um any more than that i'll try and not to go there but then of course a mid-november inquiry comes in you're like oh anything so just grab it with two hands you're clawing at them um right. but um yeah i i, I know that because for me i'm on uh, where i live i've got i'm on recommended suppliers lists all around where mm-hmm. i live and i am exceptionally grateful for that but um and so so it's sort of the default that you they come to me particularly and that's great to an right. extent but um rich on the other side of the coin you're, you haven't got local supplier suppliers no um, i don't think i'm on anyone's <laughs> recommended suppliers list. Why. i don't know why to yeah i don't think i ever have been i've, I've got uh maybe i think two videos on a um on some websites of two venues you know one of them was be- one that you and michelle wasn't it was that the one? one of the west uh, wales uh yes that's the one yeah that yeah, one yeah. N- nantios mansion and aberystwyth yeah so that one is um that one is uh on there um but uh i don't think i'm on there i don't think i'm on their recommended list i think they people it's just on there just to showcase their venue yeah um and it's just a link to me then to say where it came from you know which i, right. I agree to I think out of say twenty five weddings in a year that I probably do maybe thirty weddings in a year. I think I'm I only go I pretty much I reckon I do twenty five different venues. I think really. So I'm quite seeing that to, to a point. I almost like would 
sometimes prefer that. Mm. It's sometimes, I don't know about you, Ben, but it's sometimes hard for me to go do a venue that I've done. And I wouldn't say that there's, there's probably no venue that I do six or seven times in a year. I would say the most that happens is I'll get a venue that I do twice, mm-hmm. maybe three times tops. But it's even hard when you go to them because you're almost thinking, do I need to shoot this again? I actually have tons of really good footage of this or do I need to do this? Mm-hmm. Or it's it's almost like I, I like not having a clue about the venue and getting there and just being able to do it fresh. Do you find it hard to go back to the venues or easier? Uh, it depends if I've been there multiple times in one year. I mean, a, a, a lot of times um, you can go to these venues and you can um, be inspired by something else, different different angle. But the, uh, I said, I've mentioned this before many times on the podcast, but there's one year where I did 47 weddings and I was at a venue with very close to me 17 times in one year and um oh yeah and it was um live there yeah long and the short of it in fact i did actually have an overnight accommodation there once because i was there <laughs> the next day I, I really struggled after the fourth fifth visit i was like i don't even know how to do anything unique anymore and and i felt bad because the couples there must be similar shots i tried to be very conscious to not get the similar right shots. there's only so much you can exactly. do exactly but then there's, if you know the five locations yeah. you want to put the bride and groom what exactly. you can only do so yeah. much oh, i mean and then i started re- realizing to film with the 85 mil the whole time like in their faces so they didn't see the <laughs> right. venue most of the time to be perfectly honest yeah with. um so but, yeah, but it was a bit have too have the have those couples booked you because they liked those shots, right? And exactly. therefore that they want those to be re- replicated in their video, maybe in a slightly right. Different and way. that's yeah, and that's a great point yeah. because yeah, people come people come to you if they I saw the video you did at this this venue is absolutely gorgeous. They're kind of saying to you like just repeat that with me and you're kind of looking at it trying to do it different but they're kind of like no no yeah, I, yeah. I like i love that one shot you did with them right there and you're like well don't you want something unique but you had one dubrovnik didn't you and yeah. don't, weren't you booked like a few times off but there's one couple in particular i don't know their names but who actually booked you f- because of that wedding film and then you had to film their wedding in like yeah, it hasn't uh, happened yet, like, actually. It's oh, next it hasn't year. Yeah, right, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we love your Dubrovnik but... wedding. Um, um, so we're getting married 2019 in June or whatever it is. Can you film our wedding? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Is it going to be another destination? Am I going to be going to Croatia or Italy again? Excellent, here we go. And it ends, it ends up being in pretty much a back a back alley hotel in the in the city, you know, and uh, which, you know, I'm, I'm happy with as well, so that's fine. Um, but it's funny, in fact, because I, I, I met a client, um, came, they came to the house on uh, Monday afternoon, um, and this is going to be my first wedding now of of the season, which is next tenth, uh, next Saturday, the tenth of March. Um, and uh, th- there's a venue near me called Fonman Castle near Cardiff Airport. They said to me, you know, have you oh, have you been there before? And I was expecting it, and I hadn't. I haven't been there. So I was thinking, do I say no? Um, and they they're a bit they're, and they're a bit like I did. Oh, oh right. Oh, do you know when you know you know you're going to get you're going to get freaked out then because you don't know what it's going to be like, you know, uh, or do I say, you know, uh, yes. And they go, Oh, brilliant. Okay. You'll know everything about it. So, but I said, Oh no, no, I haven't been there. I know of Fonman, et cetera, et cetera. And they said, Oh, brilliant. Oh, you haven't been there before. Oh, fantastic. It's going to be your first wedding there. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, nice. We're really mm. excited now because it's your first wedding there. Um, you know, we're hoping for snow, or whatever else, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a situation where I was a bit, you know, what do I, what do I say? You know, do, do, do they, do they want me to say that I've been there before? Or do they want me to say right. no, I haven't been there before? Yeah. I, I think about that all the yeah. time too. When people ask that, I'm like, no, I haven't, but I actually prefer that because I don't want it to be the same thing anyway. Exactly what I Like said, I try yeah. to write away, exactly. which is honestly the truth with me. I think, I think for the most part too, I don't, I don't know if they're even looking for a specific answer as much as they're just 
asking. Like, I think that we, I kind of overthink that they're hoping for a certain answer, yeah. but I don't really know if they actually, I think the only reason that they would prefer you be there is that hopefully you know the venue better than they do yeah. because a lot of people don't Good know, point. obviously, like, yeah. where, where should we film? What should we do? Have you set up lights there before? Have you, they kind of just are hoping from that standpoint, but I've never gotten a person that if I said, no, I haven't been there, they're like, oh, we were hoping for somebody yeah. that knew the venue. Yeah. Like, I don't think that they care. Now, what I also want to talk about, I was curious from your standpoint. So I do a lot of behind the scenes stuff, vlogging at weddings. I, I do a lot of kind of just documenting the whole day. And a lot of people ask me, and what I'm curious about from your standpoint is, you know, I know you guys, I don't think you guys do as much actual documenting of the day behind the scenes, but I know that obviously you podcast, you talk a lot about these weddings. And do your couples know about the podcast? Do they listen to the podcast do you try to hide it entirely like what's because people ask all the time from my standpoint like do my couples know that i vlog and the answer is yes like i've become especially in 2018 every couple knows that i'm gonna have a bts shooter for the entire thing um, because that's a training side of it that i really like and they're completely cool with it they because they think it's more of like they just think it's kind of neat but how about you guys what's kind of your take on I've, I've never told anyone. I don't think. I mean, the only the only, the only reason I th- well, the only way I think someone might know a bride or a groom or whoever would know that I'm on a podcast is that I've been on a a wedding podcast from as uh, a wedding planners podcast where I was interviewed by a wedding okay. planner about videography and why it's important. You know, why I think it's important to have wedding videography um, for a wedding. Um, uh, so I think that's perhaps the only way I think anyone would know about it. But I've I've the only, the only time I generally do any behind the scenes stuff i'll just take a couple of photographs of say the right. camera setup and then post it on our our weekend video instagram or facebook page or or right or, or my own aurora wedding films uh instagram page really so uh yeah i don't do any um excuse me i don't do any um blogging uh, uh vlogging or anything at all i just yeah because part of the reason that i that i do it and I, well, I think it's actually been valuable for me is the fact that couples obviously get to see the films all the time in general the films i produce but i actually like the idea of showing them how good i work with other vendors because i think that that's been and not that a lot of couples come to us from the behind the scenes stuff, but I've always felt it as a good opportunity that I've talked to couples and said, like, you know, if you ever want to see how I shoot an entire Mm. wedding, you can watch these. And some of them have actually said that they really liked that because it was kind of like, wow, okay, we knew that we liked the way the films look, but look how much the photographer actually liked you or look Mm. how much the DJ actually liked you and the communication you had. I like, I loved that. So it's kind of like there's both sides, but then obviously, you know, you knowing that couples listen or, consume that content you obviously have to be well aware of obviously what you're saying and what you're talking about because clearly they're gonna if they are curious to watch the behind the scenes of their wedding well you better make sure that it's actually representing yeah (laughs) and i'll talk about the realistic you know realities of this didn't go as planned but it's not like a oh this couple is awful it's a hey the lighting wasn't ideal because i'd tell them that the 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 uh, thing which is a really good thing on for your standpoint in fact i was doing a talk um today um at my local university about um bts stuff but behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and how important it is to keep um uh it, it just turns whatever business whether it's video or photography or catering or whatever bts stuff is so important because it humanizes you so much and Absolutely. it turns it turns it's a good it's a it's a selling tool if you want to get down to the business side of things so it and plus it keeps your blogs fresh and then people can um people can look at what you're doing and it and they like you even more they get more invested right. in you 
as a person and therefore your company and what you do. So almost to an extent, anything you do, anything you give to them to an extent will be absolutely fine because they just want whatever you're going to give them because it's you, you know, rather than. Yeah. And and I think that that's exact. And I want to, that's what I want to talk about as well. I think what's so vital these days is I know, I, I don't know about obviously where you guys are located, but there, I think everybody is filming weddings now. I feel like there are a, a mm. billion companies a year that are starting to film weddings. And what I'm realizing more and more is that the way that I sell myself and that I get the gigs is not necessarily anymore going to be that I shoot. Like, I don't think I shoot spectacular weddings. I think I shoot them well and I really focus on the story for them. But the way that I feel like I win on getting certain clients is is what you just said, is, is me. Mm. I sell them on that I'm going to be a person you're going to want to work with, that the experience overall is what you're paying for, that there are tons. I think, you know, more and more people aren't really separating themselves from the competition in their films, because I feel like everybody's with cameras now available with, with equipment that you can buy. It's easier and easier to get things to just look good that you better do other things besides that. And it's kind of the next topic I wanted to talk about is that industry side of things, this growing trend of like, you know, how do you separate yourself because it is getting really crowded? Is it getting crowded where Ooh, you are too? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's actually something which we've been speaking about quite a lot, Rich and I, in general. I mean, it, I mean, I, I think Rich will probably add this to something here. But for me, to give you some idea, the past three, maybe even four years, for the next calendar year, I've been fully booked. And that, and that, that's, a, that's between sort of 20 and 30 weddings because I choose to a certain amount a year. I've been fully booked. And this year, I'm at about two-thirds capacity at the moment. And it's like, I've never had that before. And you're already at March. Yeah, I'm already at March. Yeah, and it's like, Hmm. Yeah, and I think Rich, you're the same, aren't you? Really? You've yeah, had yeah, some, some yeah. Sort of journey I am, with yeah, this. I know my my inquiries have been as have been definitely been down the last few uh, months to what they were last year. Whether or not it's just a 2018 things, and you know people aren't getting married in 2018 as much as they were 2017, 2016. I don't know what it is, or whether or not it is because there's more people doing videography now. And especially photographers as well offering video. Yeah, which, uh, Rich has got right beef about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, and, and I and I listened to your, you know, I ta- I listened to your last podcast. That we I think you guys mentioned talked about that a little bit as well. Because um, yeah, more and more companies are doing that. They're just saying, well, might as well just offer video yeah. because then people will book us. But yeah. I, I've never once found a company that does both mm. really well. Yeah. I feel like if they offer both. You can tell which one they actually like yeah. and the other one that they just offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really, really try to sell to people like I don't offer photography at all because I feel like it's not possible to do both well. Mm. So we really only focus on the video. And that's just kind of my thought. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. For, I mean, charging, you know, £1,500 for, for a photography and then, oh, and we also do video for £600 as well. And uh, no, it's, just as far, mm. it's just as far as I, I can see, you know, although they do say, oh, it's for the love of, we, oh, it's for the love of film. We've always loved film. I've always had this interest in making videos yeah. and whatever. <laughs> it's like, no, I, as far as I'm concerned, it's because you want a better than, than the photographer who lives down the road from you because they don't offer video. Yep. So therefore, in order to make, get that booking from him, I'm going to need to offer something better. And, and people don't right. want albums and people don't want extra USBs anymore. Th- those things are gone. Yep. I, I said to someone the other day, if, if a photographer could bake a cake, then they'd offer that as well. <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, the photographers do that. And also there's, I see DJs that are offering everything now oh, too. Yes, DJs that are offering photo booths yeah. and they're offering slow-mo booths and they're offering, yeah, I think everyone's trying, you know, starting to 
try to offer so much, but the, it's like yeah. The the other thing which which I picked up on actually, if I think about it, it happened a few years ago. There was a lot of photographers who who I know who are offering video, but they're not doing the video. They're a photography company, but what they're doing, they they've got Pally with a a separate videographer who doesn't do do weddings quote unquote right um but they just do corporate but they do weddings because they they're, they're they are an add-on uh for this photography so it would be whatever 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 their name is photography and you can add the video one and it's and and they're basically either and these, these video guys are either fresh out of uni they just want work right they get paid probably about 50 percent of what actually the photographer is going to make off the back of that right it's down to their branding and all that sort of stuff but and but mm-hmm. they're they're semi-grateful i mean I've, I've seen it a lot a lot of um uh but i say this is a few years ago but maybe now it's really kicking in you know um and um yeah it's really affecting the i mean because in terms of pricing rich and i aren't really there are much more there are so many more people that are more expensive than us and if uh-huh. we're feeling it at the sort of i'd say we're mid to high level in terms of pricing that sort of range um but the people who we know very well and, and respect who are charging a lot more than us they must be feeling it or oh absolutely or is the top end like recessions when we when the recessions hit right the top end always not- is not affected it's always every other the, the mid and the low end is always affected so maybe it's that no i think it's i mean i just recently had a conversation on the podcast with the wedding filmmaker based in jersey who is who is very high end much more in the 10 to fifteen thousand dollars a wedding range and he said the same thing he said without question he said it's hard it is hard to ask for a lot of money for weddings these days because number one everybody's doing it and a lot of people are doing it pretty well and they're just really underpricing themselves that it's not even he's he says all the time he said you know i'm not mad at all for to the person that's charging two or three thousand dollars the person that drives me crazy is the one that's five or six that should be charging ten but i think that everyone's feeling it i think it's simply a a, how do you separate yourself and i don't know you guys can chime in on this too like how do you balance you know your two-thirds of the way booked through this year you obviously want to get more weddings where do you draw the line of do I want to negotiate pricing per se? I've always been, a, my, my take on it is that I personally have never negotiated pricing simply for the fact that the only time I ever did, it turned out to be a disaster. It turned out to be that the, the deal that I thought was going to be amazing for them, that was amazing for them, just ended up not being exactly how I hoped it had. So I've kind of been on the fact that if, if, I don't feel like I'm terribly expensive. There, like you said, there are people more expensive and less expensive. But if it's so much about pricing that that is the only factor to them, it's usually to me a good indication that we're probably not the right fit mm. in general for that couple. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I was going to say I've, I'm actually in not negotiations, but I got two people at the moment who well, actually two dates. One wants the 25th of August, and one wants the 26th of August, and they they both of them are just bartering and bartering for 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 money off, you know. So uh, I think. It's it's just uh, it, it seems to be just across the board that it just seems to be every, everyone wants just le, le, you know more for less. I think for me at the moment. So yeah, and ABC company said that they would do it for this, 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 exactly. this, this, and you're like, dude, you well, I don't know what they're, I don't know why they're doing, but enjoy yourself because yeah, I'm sorry, like that yeah, just yeah, doesn't seem it. worth it. And then but. I'm thinking, do do I do you know because that's obviously a premium date, and I've said to them, you know, you know, 25th of August, 26th of August, that's quite a premium date, it's really. I'm gonna, I'm gonna film that, no problem. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, 
Am I going to film? Am I going to fill it though? Will, will I not? Will I? Right. And where do you draw the line though of saying, you know what? I'm just going to be mad at myself if I take this on because yeah. it's just because I want to, even if I don't get another inquiry. Then you're just frustrated in the edit that, like, why did I charge these I, people I this know. price? Why did I exactly. charge these people on the price? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. And, and if it if it turns out to be the worst day ever as well, it's tipping down with rain. And I mean, this particular venue that that they've well, actually, the, the two event, the two weddings both sound pretty epic really but the one wants it for considerably considerably less than i would usually charge and the one is a little bit a couple of hundred quid off um but the what the one is a venue that's recently opened it's going to be the number one venue in, in in wales i think in the next sort of few years so i'm tempted to do it because of that for that reason but right. i'm worried that but then again if i do end up going there and it's the worst wedding i've ever experienced right. and the weather's junk and the venue isn't it cracked up as i thought it was yeah. going to be and the edits not the speeches that they did were absolute junk on this ceremony <laughs> Welcome to weddings, my friend. yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I think, name yeah, and i'm thinking why the gamble. hell did and, i take that wedding yeah <laughs> i mean and how about you well, ben what's I, your thought i mean for me i i take a slightly different stance on it because i've got um what i tend to do is I, we have a blanket thing if anybody starts to negotiate we don't get it that much actually because we have packages on our website we don't tend to have many people negotiate and if they do we say i'm sorry we don't negotiate we don't feel it's fair to the other people who are booked because they haven't negotiated effectively right and that normally shuts them up straight away and they either book or they don't they've done the whole thing i've had it before where they said oh well this person's offering this up the road and i okay that sounds um what an amazing deal i i i take it and run and they always come back it's because right. you're just playing with that psychology in fact but but my wife is just fantastic because she 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 takes no prisons of this stuff it's great she's very she's exceptionally like lovely on the phone on on emails but uh, there was a wedding um actually in last november and um so uh, obviously november in the uk is not a pretty site and um and it tends to be during off peak seasons so from say october to november and then january to maybe march we tend to we got this habit of charging less because we just want the work and off off peak discount anyway my wife turned on that on its head she said Oh, that's great. Um, love to um, capture your wedding. Oh, what a fantastic venue, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and then she said, um, um, oh, what about pricing? I said, well, and, and then she said, well, you're going to have to charge you £250 more because it's such a difficult time of year to film and the lighting's so bad and all that. We've got to bring more <laughs> kit and more equipment. It's a oh, complete, yeah, com- never thought of that. It's a, I completely <laughs> understand. And they went with it. And it's right. like, and it's like, I just couldn't, you know. So I now mean, you don't do any of the negotiating I mean, anymore. I love my wife, but that was that was more than that's that was more than yeah, love yeah. that. That's really funny. <laughs> but, no, it's definitely yeah. yeah. I think it's always a battle, and I think every company really has to decide for themselves. Obviously, what's worth it. I've just found that that. Yeah, it's easy to look at a date way in advance and say, I just want to get it on the calendar, and especially yeah. during the off seasons. But I think I feel like this season more than ever, too, I have gotten more of the same date inquiries than I've ever had in history. <laughs> like September is always busy, but I, I've literally gotten 11 inquiries for the September the 8th this year. Like okay. 11 that I've turned out. Cause, and we only take on one. We do not have any other teams that yeah, we send yeah, out. So yeah. it's literally just one. But that's always the most frustrating thing ever yeah. when you get like we've gotten 10 or 11 leads in a specific week this year of just like the busy yeah. season and nine of them have been the same date september october i'm like ah oh, come it, on that hurts as well especially when you you know you you do take it in advance maybe sometimes maybe 18 months even two yeah, years year in advance. advance and then uh, you get 
like an inquiry to go to Jamaica or something, you know, for a wedding. Right. It's like, yeah, oh, some man, really good opportunity. Yeah, and it's know? all. But there's and we, myself and Ben, no way, uh, a guy um, I'm, we've mentioned plenty of times uh, on the podcast, Ben Watton. And uh, I don't think he takes. Stump, yeah. it, he doesn't take bookings, I don't think, in advance of 12 months, I don't think, really. No, so, 10 uh, months. He's reduced it down. It's 10 months. 10 months, is it? Yeah. Mm. yeah wow. 10 months. So, uh, and. He gets the most amazing venues and locations and destination weddings, um, and I'm, I would just be too scared to uh, to, to tie it back that fire back but to ten he's months. Got, but he does a lot of other work. You know, he's got he's got a really eclectic. Um, and he's um, a twenty-one year old single guy as well. Like you know, and so he what's like, he got to worry but about? But he's just bought uh, an estate car, so it's like, okay, oh, see. so what's oh, going on here then? Oh, yeah, right. but uh, but yeah, I mean. Um, but he is he is, we've always said he is except he's exceptional at doing what he does and um and it's really annoying to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean the good thing like i'm looking at my you know i use um a software to keep track of all this kind of stuff and it's interesting because i i look at the average overall date before the wedding of when i book is actually it says 244 days mm-hmm. so 244 days is what eight months mm-hmm. eight and a half months some of like that so, like, realistically, I know that right now I'm actually ahead of what would be kind of last year's at this time. But, yeah, it is an interesting season because you're kind of always battling that. And I completely understand the idea of only 10 months out or 12 months out. But for most people, especially if you're starting, that's not even realistic for most people because that's a silly way to just hold back. Because at the start, you better just do as much as you possibly well, can. you just want to get your portfolio up. You, you want to get yes. your showreel um, sorted. You want to get it, it, as if you you should belong in the trade. I've always said it takes you three years to get in involved in this industry, whether you choose to or not if your if your branding is good your quality is high and you've got a bit of business acumen three years will be about right um but right. a lot of yep. but a lot of other times um and and then that will give you the option of staying or choosing to leave at that point um right and for sure. um you know and i think that i've seen that many times i know when i started up there was there's only one uh company that i know of still filming weddings and i started what nine years ago i think best part of um, yep, a lot of them give up. Yeah, a lot of them are gone. But then there's every year there's a new wave coming in. So it's just and yeah. this is yep. what we experience. And, part, and that's also what I wanted to talk about. Kind of is is the industry. I my my thought and what I feel like I'm seeing more and more in this industry, especially when new people come about, is that everybody is focusing so hard on cinematic, 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 cinematic that they sometimes I think are forgetting that their client is a bride and a groom or someone on a wedding day. And I'm a part of a couple of different Facebook groups, obviously of wedding filmmakers and, you know, 10 and 20,000 people in them. And I feel like I constantly see people post their film and say, I would love some constructive criticism. And the people say, change this, change this. And then they change this and they ask for more and more. And, and I kind of feel this, this trend of like people forgetting that our client Mm. is, is hiring us they don't know what cinematic is. They want a wedding film that helps them relive their day. And I feel like it's kind of a scary trend to me where people, what happens the next couple of years when people start to realize that they had this wedding with amazing drone shots, but yet it doesn't even show the people in their wedding at all. Well, like when are we going to, when are we going to find that balance where people realize that the, the client is the, writing room that I don't really care in the nicest way whether or not Ben and Rich like my wedding films. I need the writing room to like them. Exactly. Yeah. This is what I always say. I always I always say anything. It always has to be, as long as your client is happy, that really is all that matters. If your audio is not the best for whatever reason, a microphone failed, as long as they're happy, then that really is the key. 
Yeah, there's, there mm-hmm. seems to be there's definitely I've noticed a, a, a trend, and like you, like you just touched on then, Scott, um, that there's a lot of people who are just I don't know seem to be making wedding films and posting them just for their own gratification and just to be praised. I think in a way, um, right. which is really oh what a drone shot! Look at that color grade. Yeah. What picture profile did you use? Yeah. What camera yeah. settings and were you using? Like they they love it. They love it. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I can tell you everything on what I did. That was amazing. My bride, my couple is going to love this film. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, and then you send it to the couple and they're like, why wasn't my grandma in the show? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, that, that, exactly that. Exactly. I think some of the ones that I see, I think if I, whether or not I've got completely different clients to those sort of people, I don't know. But if I, if I made that sort of film sometimes with uh, these crazy shots and, uh, you know, yeah, fantastic drone shots and just, I don't know off the wall stuff, and and I I'm definitely I would have that like this girl did said said the other day. Where's the rest of the footage? I would say oh, actually you haven't included my auntie Joan in it. Where's she? Or what happened to the bit of this? Or where's the where's the cutting of the cake shot? You know, <laughs> no, that's probably what happened. And I think but... <laughs> and obvi- and honestly, I mean, I understand obviously the importance of trying to get things to look as good as possible. I mean, of course, we all try to make our films look as good as possible. But I think that people have to just realize that there's a fine line mm-hmm. between just making a film look good versus actually having some sort of story in it. Mm-hmm. And there are times that I finished a film and I, and in my head, I'm like, I ultimately know that like, this isn't the best looking shot. And ultimately I would prefer to use a little bit more of this just cause it would look better. But yet I know the couple from experiencing the time with them and knowing how important that part of the ceremony was, or this part of the speech that the, the minute I use of that ceremony or speech that would take away from the cool drone shots means more to the couple mm. than the cool drone shots do. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that that's what I try mm. to tell people all the time is just to really understand who who you're making a film for. Yeah, mm. uh, there's definitely a lot of companies and, you know, filmmakers, wedding filmmakers that do rely on the equipment as well, you know, is that, uh, mm-hmm. oh, because it's it can shoot at 4K at 60 frames a second or whatever, that's going to be great. I'd be able to use that and slow that down. It's going to look absolutely amazing. But like I said, myself and Ben, we were shooting on Canon 5D Mark IIs and Canon 70s, you know, five or six years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I was producing pretty decent stuff back then, you know, without having to have shooting in 4K. It's all about the that. story. So, mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all about that. You know? but, and, and, uh, and, and actually, it's more about, it's actually, it's more about the, it's more about the, 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 the camera up i'm not going to say dp at this point it's more about the camera operator because if you're at a wedding the amount of times i'm on a monopod and i'm getting i'm waiting for something to happen i know there's going to be the bride's going to turn around because the name's always called during prep or whatever whatever it may be and you're you're just holding on that shot waiting for something to happen and then but all the while you've you're doing that you're also you're keeping an eye on everything else going on in the room because you know that because if you're a DP, you would just leave it at that shot. Right. But as a wedding filmmaker, different kettle officials, you're get, you've got to swing attention. that camera around, yeah. focus and maybe change the exposure and everything else you've got to do like that. And hopefully the white balance stays the same. But I've had that before when they're by a window and then they're inside fully and, you know, and right. you've got and to it, it, change things on the fly. But, you know, it's about... Um, making sure that you are suited to your um you know what's going on around you that that is the difference with wedding filmmakers and dps um a dp I, yep, i've no, got I no doubt can make the shot look beautiful because they can and they will but can they see auntie jones just had a just read out a beautiful poem you know <laughs> or right. whatever yeah know, and and that's no and i think that yeah. that's the thing too is if you're always simply looking for the most cinematic lighting or cinematic experience yeah you're gonna miss 
a lot of the stuff that happens at a wedding that actually is super crucial. So I think the best tip, you know, and and what I try to tell people as much as possible is just constantly make sure that you're always trying to get better in everything that you do, but don't lose focus because ultimately the people that are paying you are the ones that you really need to impress. And just because you post in a Facebook group and you get a lot of likes and comments on it, it doesn't mean that the couple is necessarily going to be happy with it. Yeah, good um, point. So, so let's talk a little bit about, and and we'll we'll wrap up pretty pretty quickly here. But I want to talk a little bit about gear, not from the standpoint of what are you getting, what are you looking to get, because we could talk about that forever. But a lot of people always ask me, you know, if if I had to choose one lens or two lenses for an entire day or a certain camera body, what are kind of your go to pieces of gear? Let's just obviously, there's lots of gear. If you had to, if you had to choose a single two set of lenses that you use the most in your wedding day. What are your, what are your go-to, what are your go-to gear pieces these days? Um, for me, it would be uh, camera wise is just my Sony a seven S Mark two. Um, okay. uh, and then I would have my 24 to 70 Canon L lens with me because I use it a lot mm-hmm. on my Glycam for mm-hmm. the wide shot and then a 70 mil, um, you know, pushed in shot as well then for the Glycam. So I, I, I love that lens as when I'm Glycam. I don't Glycam on anything else but that lens. Um, and then probably my uh, Samyang, uh, as in Rukanon, I think, is it? In, in, in the States, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah uh, yep. 85 mil. So uh, that one, which is the VDSLR lens of it, you know, with the, the gears on the sides. So yeah, that, yeah, that, would, yeah. Be my, that would be my, my three, uh, my, my setup, I suppose. And, and what about you, Ben? Um, I'm same as Rich. The A7S II, um, which I think is stand. If you're doing weddings, it, it's Sony at the moment the whole way. Um, for me, anyway, because uh, they offer flexibility uh, in low light and a beautiful image and all that sort of stuff. Uh, to an extent, colour's a bit weird. Anyway, I'm going off the track. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, the 85 um, Samyang, so 85 broken on exactly same as Rich's one, a VDSLR with the um, uh, with the gears on the side. That lens is my is the best lens I've ever owned and it's like 200 pounds and it's it's ridiculous money mm-hmm. really for something as good a quality as it is it's incredible that lens is is on my camera about 90% of the day mm-hmm. the other lens that I put on there is really crap um but it does I can't afford the better version it's the it's the um Sony and I hate Sony lenses <laughs> focused by uh, wire system worst. shots it's one of the biggest oh, reasons anyway. that I got rid of the Sony's it's it's a nightmare, but the I use the um, the thirty five the FE two point eight thirty five okay, mil yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the sort of semi pancake one, right. um, and it's it's softer than hell, but it's nice and nippy, and you don't sort of have to worry about it too much. You can sort of throw it about, and it's sort it's sort of all right. But to be honest, what I should do is that I should be changing uh, that lens to the Samyang thirty five mil. To be honest, um, but at the moment I use my this is not on my list, but um, the A6500 mm-hmm. with that 35 on, mm-hmm. so it's effectively a 50-ish yeah. lens. Really good autofocus um, that, when I, you... Went- yeah, yeah. On that system, it's great, mm-hmm. and um, and I don't, I don't like wide shots anymore. I don't do the wide angle stuff anymore because it's especially for for glycam stuff. I think the skill, like Rich is really good at, um, is glycamming at 70 mil. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Anyone can glycam at 35 yeah, and 24. There's a skill there. Yep. Yeah. 
and the, um, and uh, I, no, I was going to say yeah, that, that's I don't know when people seem to be using gimbals at the moment, they're all ultra wide shots, aren't they? You know, I don't know. It seems to, everything's oh, sixty mil. So, so done. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I've actually just started. I so I, I recently last year, last May, got rid of all my Sony's and I went to all GH fives, and then I just got the GH five S. So that's my third mm-hmm. camera now. But I use a uh, twenty four. Well, it's a twelve to thirty five, but it's a twenty four to seventy equivalent yeah, on a yeah, on a yeah. gimbal. I just I just and I'm still kind of deciding whether or not i like it i just i've been a glide cam user for years and i just went mm-hmm. to the zion crane 2 for the last yeah, yeah, two yeah. weddings um mm-hmm. for a couple of different reasons but i've been using the 24 to 70 on it and trying to crop way in because it is yeah. i love the the movement plus the emotional of a tight shot on the on movement is just beautiful yeah well do you know what i worked out the, the last wedding i uh, could i've got i have used the um glide cam mm-hmm. um before and um i've got rid of it now because i use a zion grain the, the version one but i've worked out what uh what the benefits of a glide cam is like rich's traditional glide cam to a zion crane i i now know why one is better than the other and it's about if you're going in tight to a couple um like on a beach or whatever and you're shooting at maybe 50 mil and it's got that organic sort of flow to it that that slight right non-motorized wobble it yeah it humanizes the the human in the shot um however um i got an amazing shot my last wedding i did uh, it was a beautiful sunset coming down and um i managed to get this shot they were probably about i was on a a 50 mil equivalent and i managed to get amazing shots of the sun peeking through the couple um whilst they were embracing yeah. but i was really far back and i think for me the um the the, the cranes and the um whatever versions the dj i've got one right their one now as well i forget i forget all the other makes to be honest. Yes, yeah. um yeah they they are really good for placing people in a situation but if you want intimacy i think rich is uh hd two mm-hmm. 2000 you've got rich 2000. or the fourth yeah. yeah i still have uh, the, the hd4 yeah, the, the, the old school ones yeah, yeah th- those ones i think are the best for um up close on people that is what i've just sort of realized what's well, always been hard um, for, for for a lot of people i think I, without question the glide cam takes significantly more skill mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it and i definitely love when i nail a glide cam shot i love it because like i, I have the whole vest set up and everything for when i'm doing longer form stuff and it's just so comfortable and nice to use but when you're making adjustments on things and changing setups, it becomes difficult. I also found it becomes really difficult in high wind situations mm, because yeah. these rigs are not heavy. Mm. Like they're just such light rigs that the wind blows them around so much that you mm-hmm. constantly, like I found myself, I'd be outside at a shoot during the fall or something where it's windy and every single shot just has nonstop movement because it, it can't stay still, which is mm. one of the reasons I went to the, the gimbal just for, to see if that would help in those situations because it's not easy. Yeah, yeah, I've had that tons of times where been going yeah, on it's definitely it, not not you, easy you follow up follow someone I, like through a corridor or whatever and they, they go outside and all yeah. of a sudden whoo yeah and the whole thing's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's just, vertical. yeah i used to um be on the um canon uh c100s um and i i, I was glide camming it with the hd 4000 yep and, right. arms of um, steel man arms so, of steel for that bad boy. oh man that Jeez. was that was a hard stage in my yeah. life <laughs> like my my right side was was like proper jack <laughs> yeah, yeah. Left side, which is like limp. <laughs> but anyway um and, and i was just glide camming it was actually at, at a venue in in uh, very close to where you live Rich, actually in, um, in, in wales and um it was um exactly that but i just couldn't the 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 shots i got was just all over the place because there was a slight breeze 
you know yeah inside it was absolutely fine yeah it's then, hard and also my my arm was just like aching to hell yeah it's definitely it's yeah, definitely and, hard to do yeah yeah but not. but, but uh, since, I've, since i've gone sony and all this it's a lot i could i could i could glycam all day to be perfectly honest with you uh, or uh, crane it or right. whatever the word is these days uh to do that because it's so much lighter everything's so yeah, much it's lighter definitely now. easier uh, yeah and, mm. well here's how i want to wrap up i, I want to ask you first rich because we talked about making average weddings spectacular before I, I would say a couple tips, but it, there may be way too much for you to even talk about. If you had to give a tip to a early filmmaker of how to just maybe one tip, two tips, it would be kind of be what you guys used to call your top tips. Oh my god! Top yeah, tips. Yeah, top yeah. Tips. I was, Rich, Rich never had them. Ben used to always say yeah. that's no, his top did. tip, and then you'd say, "Rich, do you have something?" And he'd say, "No, I haven't. I don't." Thanks for coming to me first, Scott. By the way, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go to we'll go to Ben. Yeah. Rich, I'll let you yeah. think oh, for god. a second. Okay, Ben, how about we go to you and maybe a couple, one or two tips that you would give kind of to the person that is new let's okay, go okay. more of the new okay. the new filmmaker what are some things you would say here's what i wish i knew when i started wedding filmmaking okay for me um if you're getting into wedding films take audio seriously like proper seriously i was gonna say that yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on okay no, go on. i literally just well, posted that, about that, this the importance of it <laughs> the importance but, but take audio take you need to invest time not necessarily the same money but you need to invest the time to get good audio. absolutely I mean, um lapel mics pretty obvious uh, but then uh, rich and i we're, we're using these um sony um tx650s uh-huh. and stuff um and they are so good you just clip them onto anybody and you can you can almost tuck them away almost out of sight um and you need to take it seriously and um I mean, it's, I mean, it, it goes back to to um, my film school and everything they always said about audio and stuff and it was like yeah whatever but that defines good videography is good audio it's it's 50 percent of what people consume and I, it's amazing to me how many people that call themselves filmmakers know nothing about audio and i just literally posted a vlog yesterday about that about how if you get great audio you can turn an average wedding into something much better because you can b-roll a lot of it if you still have great audio that is kind of building and keeping the story going but if you slack on the audio, it is not easy. Uh, Rich, do you want to piggyback um, on the top uh, what, of that? About audio or about something else? No, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, no. Or I was going to say, yeah, um, uh, when I, I, I mean, as Ben knows, I do watch quite a considerable amount of other people's work. <laughs> He's I'm a, a proper stalker. stalker. Um, like a proper stalker. Some of the new ones I see is the overuse of um, equipment. So you'll watch a new guy, and it'll just be either wall-to-wall slide-in shots or. Glycam right. shots or crane shots oh, yes, or crane you work, hate that, or yeah. even drone stuff. So I would say just yep. step back and be a bit more basic about the way you you uh, you, you go about your filming. Don't re- great point. Don't rely too much on tech. Um, I guess you know just be natural on on organic in the way that you that you uh, that you film it. Um, and you know it said if you be you know by the buy the most you know the best camera you can. So you know ideally something like a Sony A7S, which with a stabilized. Um, uh, sensor inside it you know you can do a lot of right. handheld stuff these days as well which is yeah yeah well, yeah the gh line we, yeah the gh5 stabilization yeah. is ridiculous so we can do that nowadays which we couldn't do you know back in our in our in our 5d mark three days or whatever you know so um yeah so i would just say be, be a bit more natural i'll be a bit more organic as well with with regards to that and don't rely too much on uh on kit to impress your mates and say that i've bought this uh, amazing slider or something yeah i've got yep. two more yep, good can i add yeah, two more uh, of course you can 
Well, and that, well, you, you know, always like, had lots of top uh, tips. It was rich that we yeah, had to worry it's about. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Hey, um, the other one which I would say is, um, well, so the first one is the overuse of slow motion um is a fairly big thing um and certainly because your camera can shoot well i think because your ntsc so you can your cameras can shoot 120 frames a second ours are 100 because we're in power different frame rates and all that because you can doesn't mean you should doesn't mean you should i mean it's i mean i, I don't want to get all drastic park on people but like you know just because you can you, you shouldn't um and because it takes even though these shots could look beautiful in slow motion and they, they i'm sure they could it's a case of getting that emotion over and and what happens if something really beautiful and poignant was said in that time that you weren't expecting? Suddenly you're shooting slow-mo and it's like, oh, I can't get that unless you manipulate it so much. You know, it, I mean, I'm an editor to my core and I like flexibility. So what I tend to do, I tend to shoot 50 frames on a 25p timeline. Right. And it gives me that option if I need to do anything. Of course, that brings down resolution from 4K to 1080 on most cameras right. uh, that, that, that that are out at the moment. Um, so, yeah, just be aware of that. You, you can ruin moments. No, and that's a great point. That's lit- literally one of the reasons I went to the GH5 because they, they shot 4K 60. And I don't do – I 60 is the highest I ever go on a wedding personally. I just never yeah. go higher because I don't ever feel like I need to slow it down that much. But the flex, but I like that point because yeah, people that focus on always having their camera in such a high frame rate, well, when you get the actual raw moment that you want to use again, it looks really odd if you try to use it. Not to mention that you're gonna have no audio on most cameras shooting at 120 yeah. frames. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. and that, so what's your last tip? You said you had two. Uh, the yeah, the last one is, and because uh, the cameras are really good at autofocus, like the A7R Mark III, the A6500, yep. the GH. I don't know if the GH is the GH5 any good. No, autofocus that's anymore? that's, what, that's yeah, not fine, its fine. that's not its specialty. But but well, I do have an A6500 got... because of the autofocus. Fair yeah. enough. Fair. So just because your camera can do autofocus, don't turn it on. Yeah, don't I mean, always use. <laughs> yeah. The only time I ever turn autofocus on is, um, but it's as a backup. It's like when when somebody's walking down the aisle and I've got, and I've got a camera at the back of the church or whatever it is, I tend to do an autofocus. I turn on autofocus at that point. So if the couple are walking down the aisle, it may track them. It may or it may track them a bit. Um, but um, but I'm getting a different shot anyway, so I'm not sort of in the way. But right. yeah, if you get that, it's a bonus. But autofocus for me is just not. The only time I ever use it is on the A6500 tracking the, the people coming down the aisle because it is good enough that it will. Yeah. And then I yeah. will use it occasionally if I'm doing good some sort of commercial shoot for like autofocus on a gimbal where I don't want to have to worry about keeping a distance. But yeah. I would only ever use it on like the A6500 because it's the only one I found to be insanely reliable in terms of yeah. autofocus yeah, i was gonna say the last time i used autofocus was on my sony z5 in 2011 so there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but everything it was such a small sensor everything was in focus anyway so it sort of didn't make any difference yeah and that's the thing yeah i think that people i think my my biggest tip would be people to not necessarily think that everything has to always be at f1.2 and the most shallow depth of field in history say that. yeah yeah speaks to rich about because this. Yeah, i think yeah. that people kind of <laughs> for some reason think cinematic means depth of fields when mm. that's not what our like watch most films on and that they are not shooting at these crazy low apertures that people think that they're shooting at all the time and that's not what your eyes even naturally see like your eyes don't see in one f1.2 i think there are times for it but you i see that overused way too much that every single shot is so shallow that people that you could have people next to each other and they're out of focus and it's just like you're Hmm. missing the point yeah 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think most series on Netflix, their F4 is their absolute minimum. Yeah, F4 to for, F8 on so many of these to. big things. These, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. And it's because all about it, good lighting. It makes it, exactly. And it makes it a pin sharp image exactly. as well. Because obviously it, it tends to be the higher you go up with F stops, the sharper the images, depending on your lens, yep. of course. Yep. But uh, I think between F8 and F11, I think is most is regarded as the most... Um, best quality you'll get out of a lens. Yep. yep. And, and I know that most, and obviously that. I know that most people in weddings can't, depending on the cameras they're using, they can't shoot that high because even if they didn't like the image, it's it's going to be crazy noisy for most cameras these days. <laughs> yeah. um, really noisy, even if you light things. But obviously, yeah, I would say just don't over overuse the depth of field if you don't have to because it's not always necessary. But guys, I really, really appreciate you taking some time. I know this is kind of a, a little bit longer than you probably had in mind. I really, really appreciate it. I'm going to well, link your podcast in the show notes. So Hopefully another episode comes out soon, but you have a ton on there already that I think anyone that is new to this business or even been a part of the business, they should definitely check out. I'll put show notes in there. Where else can people find you guys and your companies? So the the podcast is uh, obviously our weekly video, and we've actually just going to I'm just going to announce it now because it'll be a week or so before it comes out. I imagine um, we've got a new website, which is uh, all the W's O W I V dot me, and cool. everything is on there. Our all of our over hundred podcasts, all of our event filming, all of our there's tons of stuff on there, and all this sort of stuff. So it, it's a really good resource for for learning, and it's all free. You know, it's all it's it's all good. Um, and uh, for me, I am um, in the UK. I am. Uh, the wedding cut um and so that's weddings and brune cox visuals is my is my corporate okay. arm um, yeah. yeah and, and I, rich i'm uh, as with ben uh, i'm on the i'm on the podcast website as well but uh, on on separately um i can be found on facebook and twitter and instagram as uh, aurora wedding films actually actually i think on facebook i might be aurora weddings no but yeah just type in aurora. i am we'll double I, check I, it. I'll, I, make, I'll make sure well, it's correct that's in the, the show notes see, is that i i i I uh, lot lot people took the domain aurorawedingfilms.com as soon as I des- decided on it, you know, as as people do. I sense the which, which is here, what you did. What happened with OWIV as well? You couldn't, we couldn't get the com for it, could we? Well, someone stole it. Yeah, I stupidly mentioned that we needed to buy the website on on the podcast, and somebody yeah. bought it, and so it was like, oh god, oh, so now man, I want to that's... Hence, we didn't get the yeah, com to me yeah, as well. But, yeah, you know, top so top tip so when you're thinking about your company name, don't tell anybody what you're thinking about first. <laughs> yeah, don't go on a don't go on a don't go on a podcast <laughs> or announce it. Ridiculous. What a stupid idea. That's funny. Well, no, I, I really appreciate it. I will definitely link everything in the show notes and we'll would love to have you guys back on soon. And we'll talk maybe at the end of the year and wrap up what is hopefully going to be another good season for us all. But as we all know, this is the wedding industry, so nothing is guaranteed. <laughs> so enjoy your rest of your wedding season. Hopefully uh, you get out of that 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 blizzard that you guys <laughs> you guys are having right now yeah thank you scott it's awesome awesome to finally speak to you no thank you scott for inviting us both on it's absolutely amazing of you really do appreciate that yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely be in touch soon thanks for taking some time not a problem at all thank you all right guys have a good day you too so thanks again to ben and rich for taking some time to be on the podcast really enjoyed this episode and i absolutely loved this conversation and i'd love to hear back from you what do you think do you like this format of kind of a longer form conversational thing obviously there will be times that it's less conversational and more to a specific point but i love this idea of just kind of brainstorming with people that are doing the same type of stuff that we're doing and if you're not in the wedding industry obviously then this was probably a long wasted hour for you but Hopefully there's some tips you can take out of it regardless because I think there are principles that regardless whether you're in wedding filmmaking, 
actual filmmaking or not at all. There's always things that I feel like I can learn from anybody in any field if I really just pay attention to kind of little things that they say here and there. So hopefully this is valuable to you no matter what field you're in. And as always, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you giving me your time, regardless whether you're running on the treadmill right now, whether you're eating dinner, eating breakfast, drinking coffee, whatever it is, you've taken an hour and three minutes of your time. Hopefully I didn't bring up a reminder that you missed something, but thanks for listening. As always, I appreciate it. Contact me on Twitter. Let me know what you think at Scott W. McKenna. Until next time, see ya.